Welcome back to Night Swims. It's a podcast hosted by two quarantined idiots who think they know everything about mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. Happy quarantine. Yep, happy happy quarantine's day. Ah, it's been rough. It's been really rough. I blame the sudden quarantine to be the reason why we missed... Technically, we didn't miss it. Missed oh, uploading last because our uh, our la- our last uh, episode was released last Friday, so we're not that far behind. Um, we were behind on uh, the first episode. That's it. Maybe we were a little behind. I don't we know. We weren't even quarantined. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, I had to do a lot of research, so. That's also partially why it took so long. Um, I have stuff on my computer in a notebook and on my phone. I also have recordings. So it's a big... EVP recordings? No. Oh, and pictures. It's a big... um, Oh, and a video. Yeah, it's a big, uh, big, big day. Or big, big time to... It's It's an important time. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a prime prime topic today, as by the title tells, or as but as but that as by the title reads, you know what I'm what I'm talking about. Are you done bleeding? I don't know. No. My not. notebook is bent all out of shape, and it's really pissing me off. I'm just gonna have to rip off the pages. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that! Look at how stupid that is. It's all uneven. It looks, it looks just reason. like the way you're holding it. There's something wrong with it. I don't know why it does that. Notebooks piss me off. But yeah, I have stuff in a lot of different formats, a lot of different information. But yeah, happy. So yeah, uh, obviously big news has happened since our last episode. Oh yeah? What's happened? Global pandemic been declared has that not happened in between our last this not our last recording but the last episode the last time we recorded it was it wasn't um because last friday (laughs) is when trump was like uh was it last friday yeah that's crazy yeah so we've we've been we've been in a national pandemic now for nine days uh and there's no signs of it stopping. Not anytime no. soon. The cases... So, yeah. So, the coronavirus, obviously, is what we're talking about if you've lived under a rock, which, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto went to, like, a, a weird spiritual thing and just, like, emerged. Imagine that. You go, and it, it's all normal, and then you come back, and there's a global pandemic. Yeah. We're in, we're in a time of crisis... Crises right now. Christ, we're in a time. Uh, it's a it's a global emer- global emergency, global pandemic. I don't really know what you would call it. National state of emergency. Complete shutdowns in other countries. Yeah. The cases, I'm pretty sure, since last Friday have doubled. Alone. Yeah, we're up to three hundred ten thousand. Hold on, I actually estimated. have a live. I have a live uh, information real quick. 
You're currently at 334,546 cases, 14,600 deaths, and 97,574 people have recovered. There are currently 220,372 currently infected people. Hmm. In the United States, there are 32,000 cases. Any new news? Oh, here we go. After nearly two months, Wuhan announced today that it would be loosening the lockdown. Italy went to a similar lockdown. Uh, for a few, uh, uh, that's other stuff. And supposedly the United States is, is prepared to be on, in a two-week lockdown, meaning we will not be able to leave our apartment. I think we could leave. We'd be able to leave. No. I think it's just everything just shuts down. We could go places. Hold like on. home if we needed to. Hold on. This is this is not for the podcast. No, this is to prove. Let me see. President Donald Trump is mulling a plan to use the National Guard to enforce a two-week quarantine. President would order everyone to stay at home. Most businesses except grocery stores and pharmacies would also close. Also would close. Sorry. Except pharmacies. And, so we would be able to go there. So that's not hold a complete on, hold lockdown. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, they don't realize okay. National Guard is already enforcing stay-in-place orders in D.C. and Wisconsin. Troops are also in Florida, New Jersey, and Arizona. <laughs> well, something like that. But I'm sure it'd, it'd be stupid to leave. Well, if I if if I run out of food, I'm going home. Well, yeah. If you can go home, then yeah, go home. But like, it'd be stupid to still be like. Times of crises really show how idiotic people can be. Mm-hmm. People steal toilet paper for no reason. Celebrities suddenly believe that they're, them all singing a song together matters and makes a difference in the world. The first video is, <laughs> or part of that video is, what, they sang a John Lennon song, right? Something like that. And then, who was it? I was like, imagine there's no heaven. It's like, what a way to start. And then, like, there was that one actress from Marvel... From like the Ant-Man who was like, fuck you, I have my freedom for a reason. I'm not going to stay inside. Even though she lives in California and it was advised to stay inside. Like, well, they're on lockdown now, aren't they? Yeah, and then Idris Elba's wife. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Idris Elba, who we know who that is, yeah. the sexiest black Didn't man he alive. Get, he, he tested positive. He tested positive. In the video of him announcing he tested positive, his wife is standing right next to him, like hugging him and everything like that, kissing him. And then she ended up testing positive, but didn't blame it on him, <laughs> which is stupid. Tom Hanks has it, which is might as well How's he doing? the start of the apocalypse. He posted on Instagram recently. He's got a typewriter down in Australia. He's doing good. He's, good. Tom Hanks is doing good. If Tom Hanks can do it, we can do it. Tom I, Hanks is doing good. Tom Hanks can do it. The coronavirus is crazy. To the few people that listen, don't be an idiot. <coughs> you know? Follow the guidelines that the national government and the CDC and the WHO say, not what your friends or the internet strangers say, because you may find this hard to believe. A doctor that works at WHO knows more than the internet. You call it WHO? Isn't it called? Is it, I just call it, it WHO. Yeah, is it pronounced WHO? I mean, I guess you can call it WHO. Because I, I was I just, watching... I just, I like, watched, I, when you said who, I was like, the band? I watched Contagion yesterday, and they never said who. They said WHO. Yeah, that's what And I so, first, Contagion, great movie. 
I, I just can't. I wouldn't be able to. Contagion's a great movie. Also, not the best movie to watch if you get panicked well, easily. The, the whole plot because is pretty much the same as what's going. The on whole now. plot. So the plot of Contagion is there's a disease that uh, it. Uh, it's like a flu, it, isn't it? No. It um it 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 uh, originated in bats in China. Oh. Well, it actually shows at the end of the movie how it all started, which is really cool. I don't want to spoil too much of the movie, but essentially what the disease is, the disease's strong suit is uh, fomites. Hmm. You know what fomites are? No. Fomites are surfaces, meaning that anything that someone that had the disease would touch it automatically infects there? other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's sort of how... Uh... And the reason, like, in, in the movie, the disease also... Re- uh, it they couldn't grow it in labs because every cell that they would give it to latch onto, it would just destroy it immediately, meaning they couldn't test on it. Yeah, meaning they couldn't test on it, and therefore that's why it got so out of hand. And um, I'm pretty sure, like, after a certain amount of time, 2.5 million Americans died. We're at, like, 3,000, so we're good. Contagion is not going to happen because the coronavirus... What was the span of time? 144 days. All right. So we're about 60 or so. Well, um, no, we're, we're, we're no, no. In day, in day, three of the disease being in the U.S., they shut down the entire United States oh, really? because because they realized it was fomites and it was affecting everyone. The first, I'm pretty sure, like I, I think I remember, the first two people to die in the movie in the U.S. was a mom and her kid. Yeah, it was Gwyneth Paltrow and somebody else, wasn't it? There's a lot of people in the movie. Yeah, but she just came back from, like, a business trip or something. Yeah, she did. She yeah. came back from a trip in Hong Kong at yeah. the end of the movie. So, yeah, so she she uh, she technically was the person to give it to everybody, yeah. which is it's really cool so at the she's end. She's the guy in Seattle who first tested positive for coronavirus. She yeah. gave it to everyone in the whole world, uh-huh. which is – it was kind of cool how they showed that to happen. But uh, it, it, the disease is way worse than coronavirus because – what were the symptoms? Uh, um, well, they they didn't like they they had like some people describe it. It was like, it was like your throat felt like it was closing up constantly, coughing, yeah. sneezing, like all that stuff. But then it got to a point where you um, you couldn't like see straight, like you couldn't see because your your vision would get really bad, and then you would have a seizure and die. Ugh. So. That's a whole lot different. Uh, or you would have a seizure and survive. And then Jude Law, mm-hmm. he played um, a douchebag of a character who essentially claimed that the CDC did all this on purpose to make a lot of money. And he was like, he he. It, the movie's really cool because it shows the perspective of how a worldwide disease would affect a regular family, the actual officials that work, like all the different officials who work on it, and then the side of those people on the internet who make who conspirarize everything. Yeah. Not that's not what we do. We have a set base of conspiracizing. Consp- <laughs> we don't use know. other people's conspiracy theories. We do. We don't make up our own. No, we, well, we have. I never realized Judd Law has some weird-looking teeth. It looks I, like I it looks like his one of his front tooth has like a second tooth. I wonder <laughs> if it's in. I wonder if it was just for the movie or in real life. Let me, Jude. Law teeth. Oh, Jude Law teeth. Number three result. About <laughs> five days ago. Is Jude Law's teeth gap in the movie Contagion real? Is it? I'm about to find Is out. Is it a gap? It's become one of the most most watched movies during the outbreak. <laughs> um, uh, the handsome uh, sports are distinctive. 
this diastema and crooked teeth. Hmm. I don't think this is important enough. Ah, no, it's not his real thing. Uh, the director suggested that it was to emulate Pinocchio's nose. And that he is lying to fit his agenda. I see. I Which see. is, eh, that's not a bad idea. But enough about coronavirus. We're here to give you podcasts during a this little more scary. trying time. I am starting to catch up on my movie list that I've written down over the past few weeks. I have a lot of movies to watch. I've gotten through three so far. I've just been two. gaming. Only two. Damn it. It's been no. A lot of, it's been a lot of gaming. Fuck, you're right. Only two. No three, because I watched Overlining's Playbook a few days ago. But yeah. Today, you know, it's Haunted Part 3. Um, last week, we did a prison, or the last two episodes were a prison and a... Hotel. Thank you. You're very far away. Oh, now I'm too far away. You don't have, you, you're not, you're never perfect. It's always one or the other. Today, we are on to our first haunted house. Woo! And... <coughs> I used, um... Well, obviously, before I go any further, today we are looking at the Amityville Haunting, the Amityville Horror, or the DeFeo Family Murders. Boom, boom. There's a lot of stuff that's called. I have a shit ton of information, so please just bear with me. But uh, the websites I used were Topic.com, AmityvilleFiles.com, the book, well, the book synopsis by Jay Anson, and Biography.com. Uh, if you just type in Amityville, a ton of shit will come up. The movie. Uh, Oh, there's 17 movies. The movies? Uh, it was featured in The Conjuring 2. Ed and Lorraine Warren make an appearance later on. Um, the pictures y- will be up on our Instagram, but you can also just Google them yourself. And so, we begin. So first off, we start with the DeFeo family murders. Alright. So, at 6.30pm on Wednesday, November 13th of 1974, a 23-year-old man named... Do you know? Are you familiar with this at all? Uh, not really. No. Um, just, I guess, what was in The Conjuring. Barely was, anything? Yeah, barely. And, uh, because it was in, um, or, actually, we watched, um, the one with Ryan Reynolds, that movie. Was that, is that the same oh, thing? I didn't watch that. I could have sworn we watched I've that never, at the beach house. I've never seen that. I don't know. It's just called Amityville, right? There's a lot of Amityville movies. There's the original one that was in 1979. There's a bunch of shitty remakes. There was one Bella Thorne recently. No. It's bad, bad batch. But um, yeah, no, not very familiar with this. All I know right. it's, I know it's spooky. Yes. Well, a 23-year-old man named Ronald DeFeo Jr. entered Henry's Bar in Amityville, Long Island, New York, and he said, "You got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot." DeFeo then took a small group of people to 112 Ocean Avenue, which is near the bar and found that his parents were dead inside of the house. And a man named Joe Yeswit, a friend of DeFeo, then called the Suffolk County Police. Upon searching the house, they found that six members of the family were dead in their beds. Hmm. The, the victims were Ronald's parents, Ronald DeFeo Sr., 44, Louis, Louise, or Louise DeFeo, 42, and his four siblings, Don, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew, aged respectively 18, 13, 12, and 9. All victims have been shot with a 35 caliber lever-action Marlin 336C rifle around 3 o'clock in the morning that day. Uh, so this that was at 3 a.m. They didn't go to the bar till 6.30 p.m. 
the parents had been shot twice and the siblings were only once, and physical evidence suggested that both Louise and Allison were awake when they were shot, and all the victims were found face down. Ronald, the lone survivor, was taken to the police station for his own protection. Uh, he had claimed at the scene of the crime that the killings were done by, uh, a, by a mob hitman named Louis, or Louis Fellini. And following an interview filled with inconsistencies, Ronald confessed, saying, Once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. After the killings, he said he bathed and redressed, and he had detailed where he discarded crucial evidence, including blood-stained clothes and the rifle along with its cartridges, before going to work. Uh, so, that's really it. Pretty straightforward. Guy. Here is... Let me uh, show, you, show you some pictures real quick. This guy just... Shot him. Not, to work. Not, here's the crime scene photo from the actual night. So, okay, so that's just like a flash. It looks like it's night vision from yeah. where I am. Get okay. closer. That see the cops and everything. Yeah, no, I yeah, see okay. everything. And then this is the house during the day. Now, spooky. Just thought I'd go ahead and show that. And then that's Ronald DeFeo <coughs> on the right. So his trial began on October 14, 1975, and his defense team mounted an, affir an affirmative defense by insanity. DeFeo claimed the killings. Well, so this uh, some stuff I'm going to go off the top of my head because it was so much to write. My hand started to cramp up, so that's why I switched to a bunch of different things. But DeFeo switched his story up a shit ton of times. Yeah. Uh, he there was one instance where he claimed that I think it was Dawn that killed his parents and then he had fled, other stuff like that. Uh, he claimed that he, the killings were in self-defense because he heard uh, his family plotting against them. But the most famous reason that he did it was because the devil told him to. Yeah, okay, that, that sounds familiar. And so despite DeFeo's use of heroin and LSD, Dr. Harold Zolan, a, a psychiatrist, uh, said that DeFeo had APD, which is antisocial personality disorder, mm -hmm. and was aware of his actions. Uh, he was found guilty on November 21st, 1975, sentenced on December 4th to six concurrent 25-to-life sentences. He is currently held at Sullivan Correctional Facility in Fallsburg, New York, and all of his appeals and requests to the parole board to date have been denied. Now, before we continue... There are some controversies, quote unquote, that I would like to cover. For can you think of real quick anything that is? Oh shit! Hold on. Ah, here we go. Can you think of anything off that story alone that doesn't really make the mo doesn't really make a whole lot of sense? Um. I mean, him changing his story up. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, not a little bit. I guess he told a different story every time or something. And who is Dawn? Is that his... Dawn was, Dawn was the oldest daughter. Okay. So her, his, the second oldest, and his sister. Mm -hmm. So, um, all six of the victims were found face down in their beds with no sign of struggle. The police investigation concluded that the rifle he had used had not been fitted with a sound suppressor and found no evidence of sedatives having been administrated, leading to speculation that someone in the house should have been awakened by the noise of the gunshots. Yeah. But, uh, there's no evidence of that. Um, neighbors did not report hearing any gunshots. 
And those that were awake at 3 a.m. only heard the dog barking, their family dog. And the medical examiner who attended the scene was puzzled by the speed and scale of the killings and considered that there was apparently more than one killer. Although DeFeo never said that there was anyone else, only that Uh it was him, but he would change that up a lot. Um, DeFeo had a volatile relationship with his father, but the motive for the killings aren't really clear. And he's given various accounts of how the killings were carried. Oh, in an 86 interview, he claimed that his sister Dawn killed their father, and then their distraught mother killed all of his siblings before he killed his mother. He stated that he took the blame because he was afraid to say anything negative about his mother to her father. So, that's a lot. Yeah, um, he's filed motions over the years to try and like get it like reexamined. He's talked to people about it all the time, like in interviews and everything like that. And there's a bunch of different there's like uh, different evidence that could make sense, but at the same time it couldn't. There's a lot of different there's a lot of different claims that have some backing, but then they kind of get disproven. So mm-hmm. it's very very on edge so that's interesting that's really it so uh, i i don't like i i'm trying to remember from the movie so i remember um there'd be a lot of instant like scenes with the dog oh that's that's and, uh, that's just your way that's the haunting okay Speaking of haunting that's thank you for I that <laughs> smooth transition douglas we have the next part of the amityville house also known as 112 Ocean Avenue. Seems also, like a very uh, popular... Yellow Card, uh, the band, yeah. speaks about Ocean Avenue. I don't know if that's the same. What are the lyrics? Hold on. It just seems like that's a... Uh, but it's interesting. Hold on. Just It's, it's just a comment. Lyrics, name. Ocean Avenue. It's the very first line, so it won't take long to find. There's a place off Ocean Avenue where I used to sit and talk with you. And Yellow Card is from... Oh, Florida. <laughs> Thought I was on to something, but I, I was going to be an Ocean Avenue in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's, yeah, that's not really any speculation. Or that's not We tried. speculation. Or you that's tried. Anything like that. All right. But the Lutz family. Lutz. Excuse me. All right. Let me put this here. I got to I gotta get ready because I'm about to be bouncing back and forth between a bunch of different, um, different areas. What? Nothing. Keep going. What? Nothing. Just All keep right. going. Hold on. Here's the Lutz family. Um, yes. Off the top of my head, the name that's the dad is George, the mom's Kathy, the sons are Christopher and Daniel, and the daughter's Jody. Okay. Something, okay. Something's coming to me. Keep going. Okay. So, 13 months after the initial murders of the Lutz family, of the DeFeo family, the Lutz family purchased the house for only eighty thousand dollars. Yes. And only stayed for twenty-eight days. Yes. Due to the grim reputation, a friend of Patriarch George. Oh, so to also to, so this will make sense later. George is a stepfather to all the kids. Uh-huh. George, yeah. George is a stepfather. Um, a friend suggested getting the house blessed by a Catholic priest, and according to George, before the priest left, he said, "You know, I felt something really strange in that one upstairs bedroom," and upon telling him, upon George telling the priest that. They had planned to walk to make it a sewing room. He replied, "That's good as long as no one sleeps in it." Then he left. That was it. So, almost immediately, strange occurrences began. Cold spots were discovered in random 
spots throughout the house. Eerie feelings pervaded the atmosphere. Jolting sounds awake the family during the night. The escalating chain of events took their toll on the Lutzes, resulting in drastic personality changes. George, who began to seclude himself from the family, obsessed over the fireplace that never seemed to warm him enough. Uh, they also lost a lot of weight in an interview they gave mm-hmm. on Good Morning America. I think uh, George said he lost like 26 pounds. Apparently, Kathy aged rapidly. Um, Cassie, Kathy also began to undergo a series of unnerving events. On more than one occasion, she described being touched by an unseen person. And she also claims that after waking from a deep sleep, her face was that of an old hag that took hours to dissipate. And she was also in a state of lethargy, never wanting to leave the house. Even the children began to began to uh, the children began to argue more than usual, resulting in terrible beatings from their parents. The youngest children, Missy, it's Missy, not Jody. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this is why uh, Missy described speaking to an angel that was living in her room. Uh, this angel was named Jody. Yeah. Jody was able to present itself as a large pig to Missy and change shape and form at will. George and Kathy claimed to have witnessed two red eyes peering at them from the upstairs bedroom window. Missy believed it was Jody wanting to come inside. Uh, George is, was quoted as saying, I just didn't want to leave the house. We would invite people over instead of going to see them. There came a point when we would invite people over to see whether we were crazy or not. Because when our friends sat in the kitchen, they could hear the people walking around upstairs after the kids had been put to bed. We would all go up and find the kids fast asleep. There was no way it was the kids. When your friends confirmed that, that for you, you almost want to break down and say out loud, I'm not crazy. They hear it too. It is such an emotional moment when someone else confirmed for you what you're hearing and that it's not just you hearing it, it's not your imagination. And the final night the Lutz family spent in the house, the two boys and Kathy were lifted up on their beds. The two boys' beds are the two boys' headboards smashed into each other and this whole time they were trapped on beds as they levitated. And they left in the middle of the night in like their pajamas and everything. And George described the night saying, When we left, we didn't know we weren't coming back. And for the remainder of their lives, George and Kathleen maintained a that their experiences in Amityville were real and they even passed a lie detector test. Other occurrences that happened. Uh, hordes of flies were in the home, and whenever they would try and sm- kill them, more would just show up. Uh, China, their fine China would turn black. Every time they'd try and call a priest, the phone would disconnect, resulting in the phone company having to come out multiple times. Noises would jolt the family awake at night. I, okay, so it was a lot of writing down, so some stuff I might have accidentally repeated. Smell of odors, green slime oozed from the walls and keyholes. Ugh. A voice told a priest to get out. Uh, the garage door opened and closed. George woke up to see Kathy levitating. Daniel and Chris, the sons, their beds would levitate, so it was more than just their final night. Uh, George had a history. Um, okay, so there's some stuff. Oh, right, okay. I, I, I organized this a little weird. So. Is there anything about the dog? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that will happen. Um. I'm trying to remember how I organized all this. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Sorry. Uh, so George had a history of dabbling in the occult, mm-hmm. apparently, um, and he says that he would wake up at three every single morning, which is a mocking of the hour. Holy Trinity, yeah. the Devil's Hour, and the time Ronald DeFeo uh, did the murders. And he said that he would hear the front door open and close. When he would go to check on the door, it was locked and the dog was asleep in front of it. Mm-hmm. He described the sound as saying, I heard what I could des- 
I heard what I could only describe as a marching band tuning up, and one time it sounded like they rolled up the carpet. There was so much footsteps down there, there was so much noise. Um, okay, so that's for the end. Oh, okay, so... In, in, so this... Oh, I didn't fucking cite it. Okay, so uh, this was... Kathy said this. Yeah, so this one... Kathy said, Some people have called our testimony about Amityville a hoax. There is nothing that I could say to them. There is nothing I could show them. That would be new evidence that this is the truth. It is the truth. It is my testimony. It is where I came from. And to judge another's testimony, not having experienced it, not having gone through it or been touched by it, you don't have the right to. Yours is just an opinion, and the opinion doesn't hold water. She makes a good point. Skeptics are skeptics till it happens to them. Uh, it's my prayer, and then George said, "It's my prayer that everyone in this room never go through such a thing. But if you know someone that does, the hardest thing for those people is the loss of being able to communicate with anyone else about it. Not being able to find anyone that can un- that can intelligently help them. It's not talked about. It's not understood. And when it happens to you, you become an alien to everyone else. Um, so this." Uh, so Daniel, who I believe was the oldest kid or the second oldest, he oh, excuse me, he was he was a uh, he was interviewed in a documentary that came out in 2012, and I have a video recording of it just so you could see what he looks like, and then I have an audio recording. So let me turn this up. Here's the video recording. What did you see? What was in the window? It would have been what looked like a cartoon character of a uh, uh, an angry pig with like wolf like teeth an angry pig wasn't there a uh, what's that thing for American Horror Story like this pig man uh, the pig head I don't know you don't know I thought you watched American Horror Story nah, I did up until a little bit but yeah so that was Daniel talking about what the pig thing yeah. like uh, Missy's friend then I have some audio recordings. Uh, so this, okay, so this isn't his voice. It's his statement being read by someone else. I just got in a fight with George about, I don't even remember anymore. So by the time I got... Little backstory. This is him talking about, uh, he claimed that he was possessed when he lived in the house. Uh-huh. So this is that. That's the second landing. I was projected up the stairs into the walls. And my mother was like... 15 feet behind me I know that the spirit of some other thing passed right through me my mother was standing right there and she just broke down and cried that was the most horrible thing she had ever seen and I stand up and and my body starts like I no longer have control of myself she jumps around in shock like something just scraped her or touched her and it entered me through me and if I have to describe what it felt like, it would be like the numbness after being shot. From somewhere in the room, it said, it is you. It was like some bass, like a goggle and a crackle to it. That stuck with me for at least a decade on a daily basis. So that was Daniel. Uh, Daniel's claims of being possessed, read by someone, because he get in like a written interview or something like that mm-hmm. but the investigation so our good pals the warrens who we love Classic. from the conjuring yeah. which do you want to watch the conjuring tonight maybe do we have it 
We can find it on there. We have Hereditary. We do have Hereditary. <laughs> uh, I want to watch The Conjuring or Insidious really bad. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure that out after this. All right, so, so after fleeing the home in January of 1976, George and Kathy Lutz, with the assistance of a Channel 5 news assistant, Lori Didio, <laughs> did, did, did Didio, Didio. I, Didio. I think so, uh, contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren, a husband and wife team of self-proclaimed demonologists. Yeah. And the Warrens, when the Warrens first encountered, uh, first entered one... 12 Ocean Avenue on February 24th, Lorraine Warren described an overwhelming sense of sadness and depression throughout the entire home, and when she went into a particular room, she felt disgust, like a very strong like disgust in the bedroom that had belonged to Ronald DeFeo. <laughs> After entering the basement, Ed felt a powerful inhuman presence. Um, he said, it was, as, it was if I were standing underneath a waterfall. And the pressure was driving me down to the floor, and I commanded in the name of Jesus Christ what was there to reveal its identity. I understood right away, I understood right at that point that what we were dealing with was no ghost. This was no ordinary haunted house. So, real quick before I continue, here are Ed and Lorraine Warren talking about the investigation. Uh, When we went into the house that day, we didn't realize that it was diabolically infested. This case had everything. It had the monstrosities of the night which roamed that house, which infested it, which caused a young man to murder his whole family. The Amityville case affected our personal lives more than any case we ever worked on. That was Ed and Lorraine uh, giving a testament about it. So, after conducting their initial investigation, the Warrens put together a group of professional psychics to assist them in their findings. And the Channel, 5's new, the Channel 5 news team, consisting of Marvin Scott, Steve Petropolis, and of course, Lauren Ditto, Didio, whatever, Didio. covered the Warrens' investigation on the night of March 6, 1976. A friend of the Warrens, Mary Pascarella, traveled along to the house during the March 6 investigation. Mary considers herself a time walker, a person who is able to sense and sometimes visualize past events in a particular location. The house at 112 Ocean Avenue was no exception. I began to say my prayers and was saying the Our Father, uh, Mary recalled in a 2002 interview. I looked out of the door and as I was saying the Our Father, there was a group of figures saying the Our Father backwards. Mary was not the only person who experienced strange events that night. Channel 5 cameraman Steve Petropolis reportedly suffered a rash of heart palpitations and shortness of breath while climbing the staircase. The Warrens say they also felt a cold spot on the staircase, a detail George Lutz has since said he also experienced. And during the first seance, Miss Mary also became ill and was ushered out of the room. There seems to be some kind of black shadow that forms ahead and it moves, Mary claimed. And as it moves, I feel personally threatened. Another psychic, Alberta Riley, made similar claims during the seance. It's upstairs in the bedroom. What's here makes your heart speed up. My heart's pounding. Whatever is here, whatever is here is, in my estimation, most definitely of a negative nature. It has nothing to do with anyone who had once walked the earth in human form. It is right from the bowels of the earth, insists Lorraine. Whatever is here. It is able to move around at will. It doesn't have to stay here, but I think it's a resting place. The Warrens felt the house could only be saved through a cleansing performed by an 
an Anglican exorcist or a Roman Catholic priest. George and Kathy Lutz say they were not willing to take on this responsibility. They do putting their life in jeopardy. In jeopardy. How can you go and ask someone to do that for uh, a house? George and Kathy decided they couldn't risk moving their children back into the home, and then they then returned the property to the Columbia Savings and Loan on August 30th, 1976. And uh, delete. So this next recording... Hold on. Let me let me hear it real quick. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Oh God, there's a whole thing on my notes that I didn't even go over. So one more. Sorry. So one thing. So in the documentary that I had mentioned about Daniel. Uh, Daniel Lutz discussed uh, his most tr the experience that he considers the most traumatic. Um, and Daniel recalled seeing the boathouse door opening yes. and closing violently. This is from the movie. Okay. And uh, the family dog, yes. whose pen was next to it, uh, -huh. uh was so frightened that he had jumped over the fence trying to escape. In doing so, his leash got caught on the fence, and Daniel described it as seeing the dog trying to hang himself. And after reaching the dog, after rescuing the dog, Daniel and George had to fight the door to, had to fight the, um, the, uh, had to fight the boathouse door to yeah. close it. And, uh, okay, so I kind of fucked up. So that recording when he's talking about the pig is what he, he and George just saw when they looked up in the, yeah. in the window. Yeah. And then when they went in that room to investigate, they found a rocking chair moving by itself. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that was probably the scariest scene in that movie. Okay, so let me see if there's any more. Okay. But I could have he had some other instance with the boathouse. Um... And it, this might be from another movie. I think it's from something. That was all I found. Yeah, but um, this probably was just to add a little more drama and scary effect. But he went to the boathouse and he saw his daughter in the water or something, and or something. That was like in the that. Conjuring. No, the I know. I know that. Daughter. No, 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 no. I know that was in the Conjuring too. But I could have sworn we could watch Amityville if we want. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? We're, we'll watch. It something. has Ryan Reynolds in it. That is true. But um, yeah. Uh, another cool bonus thing that I wanted to share with you is the uh, it's the initial news report of the DeFeo murders. This is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation. First, this bulletin from the WOR newsroom. Six members of one family have been found shot to death in their night clothes in their expensive home in Amityville, Long Island. The only available information at this moment, according to the Amityville Village Police, is that the, the victims have been identified as members of the DeFeo family. They were found by a 23-year-old son, Ronald DeFeo, who is believed to be the only surviving member of the family. Six members of the family found shot to death in their home in Amityville, Long Island. We will have further details on the 11 o'clock news. So there's an actual photo of <laughs> where they were shot, if you want to look at that real quick. Jeez. Yeah. So. Pool of blood. 
so here's Daniel again. Daniel, in this recording, is talking about George's experience with the cult. So here you go. Somewhere along the line that George's beliefs and practices and things that he was directly involved with triggered and was a catalyst to what was going on in the house. And it was kind of like a magic trick gone bad that you couldn't shut off. Alright, so that is everything that I have on the uh, haunting as of right now. No, it isn't. I'm an idiot. You need to organize your info better. I have too many, like, different, like, things to look at, so it's very difficult to, like, figure it all out to, like, know, like, everything that I'm supposed to be doing. Okay, so, what makes the Amityville haunting so famous is that in the initial investigation that the Warrens did with the Channel 5 news team, uh, the cameraman, I believe, Steve Petropolis, as we know him, Mm -hmm. uh, was taking a bunch of infrared photos, and this is a photo he took on the landing. Oh, shit. That's going to be on our Instagram, yeah, obviously. Fuck. I did not know that picture it's was from. super scary. And that boy is believed to be Matthew DeFeo, who was nine when he died. Ugh. Yeah. Those um, eyes. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very creepy. Uh, that, that photo, however, didn't come out until 1979, hmm. which is a little interesting. Um, and as, you know, as we know, because we have to play both sides, the Warrens have been accused of, when they were alive, of fabricating and stretching the truth on some of their investigations mm-hmm. i personally think that their idea as a whole is true did they perhaps stretch some shit maybe who knows um but of course with every good haunting there are the critics yeah as we know um since the Lutz family has left, there have been no reports of paranormal activity whatsoever. Really? Um, a family bought it in 79 for 50 grand, and they said that, uh, quote, the only hauntings that they encountered were crazed fans who wanted to come see the place and, like, ask about the hauntings themselves. Um, it's still there. Uh, it, it's, they changed the address to 108 Ocean Avenue. That's probably what did it. Uh, they remodeled it, I think, a little bit to try and, um, I guess, just deter people from seeing it. I think it sold for over a million dollars recently. Jeez. Um, skeptics claim that one of the reasons that the Lutz family made all this up was because there were uh, they had financial issues, and so they thought that if they made this story, they'd be able to gain something from it. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, the family lawyer, William Weber, who eventually who had a falling out with the family in 1979, claims that the three of them, uh, Weber, George, and Kathy, came up with the haunting story over many bottles of wine. Hmm. And uh, as you heard, Daniel claims that uh, – Daniel believes that the ghosts uh, were brought on by George's dabbling in the cult. In the cult. Yeah. And the reason why people believe this so much is because, also according to Daniel, George was not a great father, and he abused uh, both the kids and the wife. And um, if this guy abused your family, why would you corroborate with the stories that he is putting forth into the media? Yeah. And so that's uh, a good. That's a reason why people also believe it to be real. It's a lot of factors, sir. Yes. Um, another ish, Another thing that people like to claim is that uh, George uh, George only 
the belief is that George only abused them while they were in the house, and the reason is because he was possessed, and the reason he was possessed is because, um, let me show you, is because there's Ronald DeFeo. Mm-hmm. There's George Lutz. Hmm. Uh, it's believed that the reason George acted like the way he did and was the most attached was because him and Ronald DeFeo, which you we're can look at, were similar. We'll look at on the pictures that they looked identical. Yeah. And but you said um, they looked very similar. Um. Uh, Lutz, he lost weight too. Lutz, yeah, Lutz. And in that in the second picture, he looked a little fatter. Or was yeah, that, was that Lutz, before or after? That was before. Yeah. Uh, you can look if you want to look up interviews in 1979. They look very similar. Yeah. Ronald DeFeo. Ronald DeFeo is still alive. Um, Kathy died in 2004, and George died in 2006. And to their deaths, they all they claimed that. What they experienced was true. There was a book written that came out in 1979 describing the events. Um, that has its own thing of controversy that I don't want to get into because it's a lot more like lawsuity. Uh, the Lutzes faced lawsuits throughout the years. They didn't really gain. They they, they didn't make as much money as people would expect. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I think they made, if anything, a couple thousand dollars from the press tour and everything. They just really wanted to like get it out there get it out there and like warn other people um as to why the the supposed haunting suddenly stopped no one's really sure uh address change huh the address change address change maybe it confused them yeah but yeah they uh daniel i don't know what the other kids do i i didn't find anything about them i think they just wanted to get it over with daniel stated that what he experienced in that house ruined his life uh and that he uh, still like yeah. has he still deals with like the traumatic repercussions of it um, ronald DeFeo uh still claims his innocence i don't know if he still makes up stories or just keeps the one but he still claims his innocence uh he's still alive for some reason but i guess he wasn't that old in the 70s so he yeah. Probably be maybe in like today in like his seventies or so. <laughs> and uh yeah, there's been I think it was like I think I said it like seventeen movies about this, a bunch of books, sure some T V shows, some crappy documentaries. It's been it was in The Conjuring Two. Uh it I don't know if it was investigated more than just the Warrens. I think it I think it wasn't because they just wanted to get it over with. Like yeah. they didn't they didn't want to deal with it anymore because they gave it back to the bank in 76. So, yeah, that is the Amityville haunting, horror, DeFeo murders, whatever you want to call it. Amityville. Amityville. I'm surprised that, um, I mean, I just don't, I guess Ghost Adventures hasn't been or any of those shows. Whenever I typed Amityville, I never saw anything about a ghost show. Yeah. Amityville Ghost Adventures. I mean, I guess if someone, since someone owns it, they they have to get permission. It's not like it's. Uh, I don't. It doesn't look like it. Huh. Maybe they're just not interested. I don't. I don't know. Although they are apparently investigating the real Conjuring house. Really. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, That'd be interesting. I really want to go watch the Conjuring now. 
I'd rather watch Amityville now that we've been talking about it. Maybe we'll do that. Try and find it. Yeah. But yeah, that was the Amityville Horror Haunting. Woo! Uh, there's not... Everything that I found online was all very similar. There wasn't anything like hidden that I found somewhere else that I didn't find. That's pretty typical with most of the research. Um, if for some reason you're listening, you find something and you want to tell us, tell us. I know all 10 of you are very eager to communicate with me. <laughs> I think there's 11 of them. You think so? Yeah. Should I post this today or tomorrow? You can post it today. Okay. I'll text you all the photos. Yeah. I'll put that uh, little boy one first. That's so spooky. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, is there anything? So, okay. So, yeah, yeah. We haven't, I haven't really asked. So, what are your thoughts on the? Um, I mean, there's. First off, do you believe it? Yeah. Uh, to an extent. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, they could have, like, or fabricated this story to make a quick buck, but, I mean, I don't know. If they believed whatever, you know, he was saying throughout these all these years, then it, there must be something to it. Like some if they, truth. If they, if they stuck by it. There must be some truth in it. To their graves, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It's definitely very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Definitely a good topic. As always, I believe yeah. it. Yeah, I like. I, I mean, I guess none. Of, neither of us have really um, been a skeptic. I've never experienced anything though, and I am pissed about that. Well, until you do. Yeah. Well, then I would have a cool story. Although, okay, technically, I did think that I saw someone. Although I don't know what this can lead to, but. I will explain. Uh, Are we telling ghost stories now? Well, kind of. All right, we each get one. All right. Um, our friend Dawson, you remember him? Um, we were at his house recording for our band, and uh, he mentioned. Did who you mentioned see the, Did you it, see the same old lady I did? No. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so you go first, actually. So I we were I don't know if we were recording at this might we might have had separate times. Um, but I was, so he has a, where all the music equipment is, is basically supposed to be the dining room, I guess. And there's the living room to like the right of it. And then there's a hallway that goes all the way back to the back of the house. And that's always dark. So I'm sitting in the back corner of, um, the music room and I'm facing to where the hallway is. And, um, so we're just talking and stuff and I'm looking a different direction out the corner of my eye I see what looks like an old woman in a hospital gown and she's just standing there and then she just disappears and so I was like okay that was weird so I didn't say anything because we were just we were just having conversation so the next day I um I told I told Dawson and I still don't know if he was telling the truth but he's like yeah, no, like an old lady died here. And I was like, what the fuck? But then I, he said something that, like, it sort of led that he was kidding, but I'm still not sure. So, oh, to further go along with that, when I was there, I was sitting, um, I guess, horizontally to that hallway. There's mm-hmm. like a little wall next to it, and there's a chair in that. And I was sitting in that chair... And what it looked like to me 
was someone walked out of the kitchen down the hallway. And then I was like, I didn't think anything of it because I thought maybe Cameron or Spencer had gone there. (laughs) Yeah, but no. And then, like, they were all over there. They were all talking. And I was like, I was like, hey, who walked down that hallway just now? And they were like, no one. I was like, no, really, who, who did that? And then they were like, no, no one did. I was like, all right, so I just saw someone walk down the hallway. Not to, And then that freaked out Doobie because she doesn't yeah. like ghosts, but Dawson always tells her it haunted. Doobie is Dawson's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so she had said what she said one time that she was sitting in that exact chair and she had fallen asleep in it. And when she woke up in the middle of the night, it, she felt or like she saw what looked like a shadow like walk over it, like walk over her and like look at her. So, potentially, I've seen a ghost. I think I've seen a couple. I've only seen that one. It's a little upsetting. Have you ever, you know what pool hopping is? Yeah. Never so, done it. You never done it? No, I know what pool hopping is then. Well, I, I, me and my neighborhood friends used to go all the time. And so there's this, there's a nice pool. Um, by, so, you know that uh, street? It goes up and then you turn. Then there's just a turn. What? Like, that. like it's just a corner. A street anyway. with the turn and then yeah. a turn. That was a horrible description. I'm I'm trying to explain it, but it just turns left. Where? Oh About yes, my house. Yes. yes. You know that house that's right there. It has the pool. Yeah, it's a haunted house. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Haunted. So, I we were pool hopping in that pool. It's like you're not supposed to be in the pool because you weren't invited. But we hop the fence and go. So and um, for, to clarify, Douglas was trespassing. Yes. In a haunted house. Yeah. Continue. And so we're just swimming, having a good time. We start hearing this banging on the window up, upstairs. We're like, what is that? And then we look up, and there's this old woman telling us to get out. Like, go. You need to, you need to leave. Like, it was through a window, but we could still hear it. And so we all get up and go out. And, um, of course, my parents know that we've been doing that. And um, so I, I, we were, I was telling my mom, and uh, yeah, I was like, so, yeah, we were swimming in their pool and all that. <laughs> I got I'm nervous. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> the ghost <laughs> the ghost is here. <laughs> and so I was telling her, and then um, I was like, yeah, this, this old woman I've never seen before uh, just yelling at us to get out. And she's like, there's, like, nobody lives in that house because the old, like, and there was an old woman, but she died. And... That that that's been a haunting memory for me. But I farted just hearing yeah, it. Like yeah, you got nervous. Like jeez, I'm scared. <laughs> you did that on demand. <laughs> Jesus Christ, spooky. <laughs> well, yeah. So that but yeah, interesting. I've got a couple more, but I'll save them. My grandma has some. I don't. Yeah, have you, know, any. you have to tell. You have to tell that one. Which not one? now, but the snail one. Yeah, the, that's not really a ghost story. But it's still spooky. Yeah. It's like a human centipede story. I'm pissed that I don't have like or, any. Or what's that movie, The Walrus or something? Yeah. Ugh. Or I'm no, pissed. it's Tusk. Tusk. Yeah. I'm pissed that I don't have any like. Like I just I resort to just watching scary movies and being like, Ooh. well, let's go have our own investigation during this series. Okay, we can't. Yeah, we can. Why? Why can't we? Quarantine. Hmm. Oh, well, not, yeah, I guess that's true. Let's just go, let's just, all right, here's what we're going to do. In like five minutes, we're going to watch a scary movie. That's just not good enough. We'll start from there. All right.
All right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing next week? We have a uh, <laughs> this. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll like, be here. <laughs> like podcast, like episode, because oh. we have. I think we have your house left, and then two. Uh, we have hospital. I'll probably do a, ho- I'm gonna do a hospital next, and then or an insane asylum, or a sanitarium. All three of those work. Waverly Hills Sanitarium. All three of those psychiatric mm. wards, they all work. Don't forget, you have to do a history on the place, though. I did that for Goldfield. You're right. Oop. Shit. Um, all right, I have some ideas for your house and stuff like that, so we'll definitely work on that. I have ideas. That. I think you should do The Conjuring or Enfield Poltergeist. The one that has a lot of evidence. We've talked about cool. Enfield, haven't we? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for listening. I've been Jackson. I've been Douglas. And I've been Jackson, the bad, better one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shut up. Ow. Oh, I just popped my back. All right, well, thank you for listening. Uh, happy Sunday. Happy quarantine. And Stay safe. Happy quarantine. Please Stay be inside. safe. Be smart. Yeah, wash uh, your hands. 20 seconds. Look out. That's two happy birthdays. Yeah, look out later this week for Douglas's episode. Probably on a sanitarium, psychiatric ward, yeah. hospital, insane asylum. Who knows what? Douglas does. Not really. I do not. It's just a lot of I probably don't pay flowing. attention to the episode. I never do. It gets boring. <laughs> Love you all. Bye bye.